Live from Moton, PA, <laughs> this is Comic Geek Speak episode 1643, the CGS Best of 2016 Awards Results Show. <laughs> I'm Brian Christman. I'm Adam Murdo. And I'm Chris Everly. And welcome to the show. Yes, it's awards night. The red carpet is rolled out. Mm-hmm. Merton is, is actual tux, for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, the chicken suit was in the wash. <laughs> the chicken suit was in the wash. I actually left my tuxedo t-shirt at home, so I'm wearing my yingling hoodie. So I'm slumming it tonight. Close enough for radio. Yeah, and Chris, I'm not sure if he's even wearing pants. I'm wearing one of my legendary cardigans, gentlemen. Mm, legendary. Very good. At least in my own mind. All right. Well, this has become a time-honored tradition here at CGS, where we go and review the previous series in comics in several categories. Well, actually, you tell about the whole story there, Mr. Murdoch. You have much more eloquent than I am about the history well, of the award show. Uh, you're too kind, sir. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's a tradition that was begun by uh, one of our founding fathers, Peter the Rios Rios, uh, way back in the days <laughs> right. of yore. Uh, it was his idea to get, just give some additional recognition to uh, the uh, creators and their creations that uh, made uh, the year that was in comics great. And so he's the one who devised the basic outline for the list of 16 categories in which we still nominate and vote uh, comics and creators uh, as best of a given year today. Um, so we've got awards uh, right here for all 16 of those categories uh, all lined up and ready to go. Um, we all uh, on the show nominated uh, – something in each of those categories, and we uh, solicited nominations from the listeners. And uh, between us and them, we uh, put together a slate of nominees and uh, then asked the listeners to join in voting for uh, those nominees in each category. And that's how we arrived at the uh, 16 winners whose names are inscribed in these uh, sealed and painstakingly lettered calligraphed <laughs> envelopes that I have stacked here before me. Yes. yes. Brian's got a stack. I've got a yes. stack. I've even got a stack here for Chris, which he will be reading <laughs> via stick cam uh, remotely from his home in New Jersey. Honored. So how did the voting go? Did you get turnout for voting? Ah, uh, yes. I, I was very pleased with the uh, number of ballots we received. Um, it... Uh, uh, it was uh, considerably larger than the number of uh, nominations we received, which oh, is excellent. not too surprising Great. since vo- voting is a little bit easier than nominating. Very good. But yes, I, I thank everyone who took the time to uh, fill those ballots out and email them in. It, uh, it, it, it's, we, we really look forward to this every year because it's one of the, uh, the, be- the, the best opportunities for interaction with our listenership that yes. we get all year long. So. Yeah, and uh, as always, uh, Adam, well, not always, but now recently Adam has taken the mantle of tabulating all the votes, so he is our... Um, I am Price Waterhouse Cooper's voice. Well, or, or <laughs> Arnold Offham is Dewey Chiaman Howe, actually. Which, <laughs> or what, what's the one that has L's in it that we said from the Marvel oh, Universe? Landau, Luckman, and Lake. That's the one. Yes. Lovely. <laughs> Stop it with your alliteration. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, then, if there's no further ado, uh, I guess we'll just jump right in. And I guess we'll start at the beginning. We have to figure out who has what category. All right. So I believe the first category is the best new hero. Oh, I'm sorry if I'm jumping in your thunder. No, no, go right ahead. Is the best new hero or hero team that debuted in 2016. 
We're all co-presenters here, after okay. all. Okay. Do you have listen to Namis as well? Then? I certainly do. I've okay. got all kinds of fun stuff on this little uh, computer screen okay. over here. All right. So uh, the, the nominees in the category of Best New Hero or Hero Team of 2016 are The Champions from Marvel Comics, the new young hero group from uh, Mark Wade and Humberto Ramos. Uh, the group of heroes that I nicknamed The Spiral City 7, like the main cast of uh, Jeff Lemire's Black Hammer. Uh, Sugar and Spike from DC's Legends of Tomorrow uh, anthology series uh, brought to us by uh, Bilkis Everly and uh, Kurt, uh, Keith Giffen. And Superwoman uh, uh, from Phil Jimenez, DC Comics. Okay. And now I'm opening the envelope. <laughs> Good which is God, man. Somewhat pointless exercise since I already know full well <laughs> what name is printed on the piece of paper inside. But the winner is. The Spiral City 7. Yes! Yay! Huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. Black Hammer. As that crew of lovable misfits and castaways from continuity stole all of our hearts this year. <laughs> Definitely Cast- one of the best new comics of 2016 in my view. Abraham Slam, Golden Gale, uh, Colonel Weird and his robotic adjutant, Talkie Walkie, Barbalian, Madam Dragonfly, and the ling- ling- lingering specter of the Black Hammer himself. By name. Excellent. So, yes, the listeners have spoken, and they are our winner for this year. Congratulations to Jeff Lemire for his creation and right. acknowledgement there. All right. I, I almost did my um, Karnak impersonation with, you know, holding my hand the envelopes, but I, I, I could do that. So, But I do hold in my hand the next category, Best New Villain or Villain Team to Debut in 2016. And the nominees are Dylan Cross from Kill or Be Killed. Godspeed from The Flash, Steve Rogers, Agent of Hydra, and Ultra Woman and her Bizarres, oh my god, Bizarres says, you got it, Bizarres says, mm-hmm. from Superwoman. <clears throat> and the winner is, I've been doing this, oh, manually. Come on, again, it's, it's Karnak. I live, I live for Karnak. <laughs> Steve Rogers, Agent of Hydra. All oh, right. My goodness, yes. And I got to tell you, folks, that was close. How close One was it? One vote. One vote. See, every vote counts. It sure as shooting does. <laughs> and who was second, Mert? Uh, second, Chris, you'll be happy to know, was Dylan Cross, the protagonist uh-huh. of Brubaker and Phillips's Killer Be Killed. Excellent. Well, I, I can't begrudge the, the, the tally because – or the turnout uh, – not the turnout, the uh, results because the Steve Rogers uh, Hydra agent storyline I think is just – very compelling, and just I love when they take a, an iconic character and just turn everything on its head, and they really have here. It's it's one of the best books Marvel has right now. Mm. And this is Nick Spencer writing, st- correct? Correct. Correct. Yep. Onwards and upwards. I believe the next category is best new comic, where the first issue shipped in 2016. Right, you are. Oh, I, yeah. I the, the nominees. Oh, who's reading this one? Is this is a Chris one. Uh, it's a Chris one. Okay. So, I, I mean, um, Chris, the nominees on this category are Briggs Land, Future Quest, Kill or Be Killed, and Silver Surfer. All right. All fine choices. <laughs> ah, this does my heart good, I must admit. And the winner is Brubaker and Phillips, Kill or Be Killed. Huzzah. Yay! Right. Yes, and I was... Somewhat surprised when I was adding up the final votes uh, to find that, uh, uh, well, for the best new villain or team, that uh, Dylan Cross had come up short as the winner in that category, since uh, a lot of people voted for that character in that category, and almost everybody who voted for him as best villain also voted for Killer Be Killed as best new comic. Uh-huh. So, yes, it, uh, Killer Be Killed did uh, win pretty handily. 
in the, in the category of best new comic. And you know, as as I say many times when we do episodes where we review comics, specifically like the the spotlights, when we start talking about these books, and I, I hear the discussions on, it just makes me go, okay, I gotta stop what I'm doing, get in my car, get back in my car, <laughs> cut my loss, and start reading these goddamn books. Little this Lobatkin cut off. That's correct. <laughs> so it's like uh, because I mean, you know, Chris. Um, Profusely of oh my god, I've lost my ability to speak. Chris just praises this thing up and down, but I mean, I, I enjoy the Silver Surfer. That was my nominee for this category, and it's a fine book. But yeah, I'm gonna have to start checking out these other books because uh, it's a lot well, of once good again. Fans. I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. There's, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Once again, the fact that you have all these outstanding entries for this category, and that, that's, that's a tough choice because every title mentioned is outstanding. It just shows what a great year 2016 has been for comics. Mm-hmm. All right. I believe the next category is Best Limited Series, where the last issue shipped in 2016. That is correct. All right. And uh, the nominees in this category, it's the uh, broadest field of any category we had this year, yes, it is. are as follows. Britannia from uh, Valiant Entertainment, Death of X from Marvel, Klaus uh, from Grant Morrison and Boom Studios, The Shadow, The Death of Margot Lane from Matt Wagner and Dynamite Entertainment, Uh, Superman, Lois and Clark, DC Comics, Tokyo Ghost from Image, and The Vision, Tom King, Gabriel, Walter, and Marvel. Here is the envelope. It has already been snipped open, <laughs> extracting the slip of paper, and the winner is The Vision. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, that was <clears> – <throat> I think that was one of my choices. I think it was, it was your choice, choice sir. my choice, and I'm sure, obviously there's many other choices of, of our listeners, and we've heard so much about it. And now I see – I believe Marvel is <clears throat> cashing in on this and uh, issuing – I think two issues together with like commentary and like behind the scenes things coming. I saw Tom posted that on Facebook, the Facebook. Um, who's providing the commentary? Will it be Tom? That's a great question, and I'm going to see if I can try and find that out here as I stall for time. So keep. Bird was, was the was the vision a runaway winner or was it close? Uh, it was very nearly the biggest landslide in the entire awards process this time, Chris. Um, yes, uh, very few people voted for anything else. Honestly, I mean, and granted, since it was a large field, the other votes were spread kind of thin. Uh, but the only thing that uh, garnered anything like a significant number of votes, other than the vision, was super. Superman, Lewis, and Clark, and the Vision still got more than three times as many votes as that did. So it uh, it was definitely a runaway for the Vision, and deservedly so. I agree. Okay, just announced Marvel, this actually is from February 21st, is releasing a director's cut version of Vision. Each issue will contain two issues of the series with some corrections, as well as a lot of background material from all the creators, including my scripts, and my original pitch is Tom King talking here. Mm, okay. So there you have it there. So check that out. Coming soon to a comic book store near you. All right. Up next is the best single issue slash one shot. And the nominees are DC Universe Rebirth number one, Lock and Key Small World, Star Wars Special C-3PO The Phantom Limb, and the vision number seven. And the winner is. 
This should better be who I think it is. I'll be very upset. I'll make my ah yes, DC Universe <laughs> Rebirth number one. I didn't think the listeners would disappoint you. Oh God! I mean, I I I I nominated this this issue. I love this issue. It's a very it's it's a great issue. It's a tremendous one shot of launching for the new Rebirth line. We did a whole show on it when it came out back in uh, May. Uh, you know, I've ta- I've gone on ad nauseum about it, and I'm very, very happy this actually won the award for best single show one shot because I think it well deserved. Oh yes, well, <clears throat> overwhelming favorite of the listeners too during the nominations process and of course during the voting process. Very good. Yep, and it was just such a, such a heavily promoted and hyped one shot, and uh, and uh, good. Up yes, the hype. that's the thing. It's it's it is it, 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 kind of uncommon for such heavily hyped uh, issues. It actually sort of lived up to its promotion. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. delivered lots of uh, really exciting teases and also some really great uh, uh, tug at the heartstrings and uh, uh, peak people's excitement moments, as we will well, see as, in the next category too. As Pan so passionately mentioned in our reviews of it, I mean when Wally and, and Barry reunite, I mean that's, that's, a, that's a powerful moment. All right. So I believe the next category then is best cliffhanger slash moment. Mm-hmm. That is the next category indeed. And is this a Chris category? We're going to let him read the one or It's a – yes, it is. Okay. So I read the nominees as Murray opens up the envelope. The nominees for best cliffhanger moments from 2016 are The Death of Isabel from Saga number 38, Three Jokers from Justice League number 50, The Flash remembers Wally West from DC University Birth number one, and the comedian button in the Batcave again from DC Universe Rebirth number one. Yep, testament to the uh, quality and the influence oh, of that DC fingers, Rebirth one shot. Fingers crossed that it's nominated for two different things in this category. Yes, and now pants. Yes, Flash remembers Wally West. Yeah. DC hey, woo! <laughs> the nominee of mine, and uh, clearly, uh, I I thought you know just the best moment of comics in quite some time just an emotional packed moment wow i can't say much more than that i mean Merv, was that close or was it a runaway it was close yeah it's uh but it was it was really kind of a horse race between the two moments from uh, dc rebirth number mm-hmm. one and i'm i wasn't sure the way it was going to go i mean during the nominations process the discovery of the comedian's button was uh, the favorite of the listeners but uh after you nominated that moment with wally and barry i mean it had clearly hit a lot of readers where they live and uh and uh people were sort of uh, reminded of that i think by your nomination brian and uh, and they voted by in that his, direction by his passionate nomination <laughs> well it, it also i i'm trying to think if it shows because we haven't seen Wally in comics pre since pre Flashpoint or since pre New Fifty Two, uh, this particular Wally West, right? And it's like not only did the Flash, but I'm wondering how many actual readers forgot about him or didn't even know him because they came in from the New Fifty Two or whatever. So this mm-hmm. might be just uh, a great kind of who, who is this guy? What's the big deal? Hopefully that that issue. Brought that out, and I'm I'm enjoying his adventures right now in Titans. Oh yes, and again looking forward to the button, the crossover with Batman, where we're sort of hopefully get some more information about what the whole uh, plot of Rebirth was about. Yes, right, right. Looking forward to that very much. So, yep, threads from that wonderful one shot are continuing to be spun out across the DC universe even now. So so far, I'm, I must give kudos to listeners so far for their excellent taste in, in the award show here and. Um, 
<laughs> because they didn't think so for a lot of things that I nominated have won, so I'm yeah. very happy about that. And for those of you button boosters out there, uh, you, <laughs> button boosters, yeah, the, you and your alliteration again. Yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> your favorite did not uh, lose by very much. <laughs> All right, so uh, looks like the next category is best storyline mm-hmm. within a series or across multiple series. Mm-hmm. And all the nominees were of the uh, former sort this time around. They were all within a single series as opposed to crossing over between various. Uh, the, the nominees in that category were Astro City, numbers 37 and 38, uh, Black Widow, numbers 1 through 6, Mark Wade, Chris Somney, and Marvel Comics, uh, Doctor Strange, numbers 6 through 10, uh, Jason Aaron, that's the last days of magic story, and all 12 issues of Tom King's and Gabriel Hernandez Walter's The Vision. Snip goes the envelope. <laughs> Just rip the darn thing, for God's sake. He's got scissors there ready to go. <laughs> and the winner is The Vision, numbers 1 through 12. Ah, Clean enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I just mentioned, excellent story. So much of the guy to be reprinting it with, with bonus content. Uh, my God. I mean, Chris, is, we've all gone on and on about how, what, a, what a great book this is and how it was interesting Marvel letting Tom – have free reign, more or less. Mm-hmm. Well, and when the, and when you look back at the history of really any creative medium, when when the people in charge, editors, what have you, let that happen, oftentimes you get gold. And what I especially loved about this story is that it felt like it really mattered when you read it. Like it felt like it was having a transformative impact on the character, the vision, and his world in a way that so many, you know, overblown crossovers don't really have any lasting impact. This story really did. And it, it just makes me wonder, and I don't know, I'm not sure if he's answered it anywhere, or I, mean, I have to ask him at some point when I see him next, but this was um, Tom King's sole only story at Marvel because he's now with DC exclusively. I'm wondering what might have been if he would have been allowed to write anything else in Marvel, what would have what we would have had his uh, eye on oh, right next. Pantsing, agonizingly titillating. <laughs> well, well, would it have continued, or would he just have uh, made it a 12 and out anyway? Yeah, because I, I, I believe... I read somewhere along the way, or when it first came out, that it was an ongoing. But then, when it was announced he was going to DC, that's when it became finite, I believe. But I'm just wondering. Let, let's say he would have stayed with Marvel, or just stayed, you know, open. Would he have continued? Would he? What would have happened? Hmm. What if? Just... Let's, let's do a what if. What if Tom King did not sign exclusive with DC Comics? What if? Well, pants. <laughs> remember, no exclusive contract is forever. That's true. Boy, look at you, Mr. Mr. Eberle. All right. Continuing on over the categories. The next category is Best Sleeper or Surprise Hit. And the nominees are Black Hammer, Carnage, Dreaming Eagles, The Flintstones, Sugar and Spike, and The Vision. And the winner is... The Vision! <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people this year were just voting the straight vision ticket. The straight vision ticket? (laughs) Well, hard to blame them. Hard to blame them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I was – I'm sorry. I I was – I do this, unfortunately, with a lot of Tom's work because, you know, know, yes, I know him and he's a great writer. But I think I got the first issue of The Vision and just didn't continue on with it until I heard – uh, Chris praised about it. Chris actually gave me issues, I think, two to six. Indeed. And continued on from there, and that's how I kept going with the book. So it was a surprise to me how much I enjoyed this book, and obviously, clearly, 
So did the uh, the listeners. And yet, all the titles we've been mentioning here that were in the categories of the Vision of One, they're all great too. Oh I my mean, God. It, it just it, it just shows that you know, I think the Vision's a breakout for me because. It, it, oftentimes, when I think of breakout concepts or characters, I'm usually focused on independent titles and creators. But this is where, uh, where again, they let Tom tell his story, and everybody's the better for it, including the character. So, hmm. yeah, and that sugar and spike story, like I said, I oh. I was completely floored by that when I saw that. But combination of the artwork and the, and the story, it's like, how how is this not getting more you know attention out there? Great, great stuff. So yeah, as we mentioned before, that is collected in trade. So do yourself a favor and look that up if you if you care to read more about here, here. and Spike. The runner-up in that category was uh, the Flintstones, actually. Yeah, and that's another, that's another book I, I keep hearing a lot of things about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of our takeaways from this uh, best of awards process this year is that uh, we ought to seek out some issues of the Flintstones. Yeah, there was a yeah. one listener who uh, voted in this election who uh, apparently just – Found the podcast very recently, so oh, recently okay. he couldn't even participate in the nominations process. Okay. And uh, one of the things he said was that he was a little surprised that we uh, haven't been reading the Flintstones because he calls it uh, one of the most uh, subversive and postmodern comics on the stands today. Wow. wow. Welcome aboard, James, by the way. Welcome aboard, sir. Yeah. Well, you know, again, as I've mentioned many times, there are just so many things drawing our attention, whether it's um, time, you know, money, other things. I, but. Maybe I might give it a shot, especially if it's been so highly recommended. I'm just not sure because, you know, I have my idea of the Flintstone, what that's all about, you know, part of my childhood and watching it. And I'm not sure I ever got any of the comics that were based – I'm sure they did some comics, whether it was like Dell or Gold Key oh, at some absolutely. point. Um, but, yeah, this is <laughs> taking it into a new direction. Maybe if I – with with comic season coming up for conventions, maybe mm-hmm. like uh, go through the dollar bins. Exactly. Because I think it's C two E two. I think yeah. Well, that's a great shopping convention. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure I don't overpack my uh, carry on <laughs> when I come back. But I believe that's a three ninety nine cover price book. Yeah, probably. And yeah. that might have been a turn off. It's like you know you have to taking a risk on something like that. I mean, it's not a, not like a huge financial risk, but still you know four bucks for a comic that you're not really sure about. Well, now that I've, I've heard some good things about it, I might have to just... Uh, risk diminished. Risk diminished, yes. <laughs> All right. Enough about me yammering on here. What is next category here? Uh, well, let's see. We just did uh, Sleeper Surprise Hit. The next is Best Ongoing Comic. And that is going to be one of those that Chris reveals to the world. Okay. Awesome. So as uh, Adam opens up the envelope here, uh, again, the best ongoing comic that need not have begun publication in 2016. Mm, it could have, but it doesn't. Have to have. Right. So the nominees are Batman, Lazarus, Silver Surfer, and Star Wars. And the winner is Pansy Silver Surfer. Yes! All right! <laughs> Woohoo! Wow! I, I thought it might have been, you know, Batman with, you know, Tom King and the Vision. But, oh, Silver Surfer. Again, you're going to have me yammering on and on again. I'm sorry, folks. This is a good thing. Go it ahead. Was, <laughs> well, some people. It was my nominee, and I just love this book. Now, again, in 2016, it took on a new numbering, a new volume, but it was the same creative team, Dan Slott, Mike and Laura Allred on, on the art, and the story with Silver Surfer, Norman Rad, and Dawn Greenwood, and, and Toomey, my board. <laughs> uh, oh, just, I, it's, 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 there's some self-contained stories, there's some long stories, it's got this, that, and the other thing. Oh, I, I, again, I've yammered on. 
about this <laughs> ad nauseum at times, but I love this comic and uh, great stuff. Again, the, the, the Doctor Who-ish, like, oh my God, I'm like my hands here, feel to the book with the Traveler and the Companion going through time and space. Ah. Uh, and what 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 character Tom Greenwood is just her her action with 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 a Silver Surfer Norn Rat is just amazing. Uh, to pull to your heartstrings some of the issues this this, this year. Uh, just a great book, and you know it has fallen a little sometimes behind. It's not always monthly, but still when it comes out, it's like right top of my pile all the time. Silver Surfer, ah, oh, yay again, listeners, yay again for <laughs> supporting a book that I nominated. Oh, yay indeed, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> For supporting all the nominees, exactly, actually, because yes, yes. this this is uh, this one the best ongoing comic was the closest of the races. Ah, yes. Um, the, the the winner and uh, the last place finisher are separated by a mere four votes. Wow! So wow. it was a tight pack. Uh, but yes, the Silver Oops. Surfer did come up on top by one vote. Superb. Over Batman, which was in turn one vote over Star Wars, which was in turn two votes over Lazarus. Wow, so all your votes count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let this be inst- instructive. It's a teachable moment, folks. <laughs> a teachable moment. Oh, my goodness. So there we are. Yeah, it's, I'm very pleased with the parody we got overall in this year's uh, voting. Uh, every single nominee on the ballot uh, got uh, at least one vote. And uh, all but one of the nominees got more than one vote, in fact. So, you know, the love was spread around pretty well. Very good. Except nobody was, uh, you know, no, no nominee left behind. <laughs> all right. Next up, we have the uh, best graphic album of 2016. You know, this can be either an original graphic novel or a collection or a reprinting of, uh, of uh, material previously published uh, serially. Uh, the nominees in the category are... Dark Knight, A True Batman Story by Paul Dini, put out through DC. March, Book 3. Super Weird Heroes, Outrageous But Real, from Yo! Books. And Wonder Woman, The True Amazon, DC. And the winner, uh, by uh, quite a large margin, uh, Dark Knight, A True Batman Story. Uh, again, I, I have heard about this book, and we talked about it, that it's, it's Paul Dini, Talking about uh, like 25 years ago when he was mugged, mm-hmm. and how like a sort of you know the Batman story helped him, well helped him get back mm-hmm. into helped him yeah get through get that through the, yes, and uh, yeah now again now I, I did not actually nominate anything in this category so because I didn't really read any graphic novels or collections last year, this I'm going to have to look into now again C2E2 good con coming up for shopping, yeah. I guess it's Paul Dini I mean for God's sake it's I'm yeah. sure it's the man doesn't write bad comics. Right, right. Uh, Chris, have you read Dark Knight, A True Batman Story? No, but I, I, I hope to because – well, I intend to, I should say, because the premise I, I really found compelling. And, and, and we should emphasize he wasn't just mugged like they took his money. Like they brutally beat him. Yes. I mean he ended up in the hospital. Um, so apparently, as Pants mentioned, his – sort of his – Long-standing ties to the Batman character helped him work through the trauma of, of recovering from that ordeal. So I'm very much looking forward to reading it. All right. The next category is Best Writer, and the nominees are Jason Aaron, Kieran Gillen, Tom King, and Mark Wade. And the winner is... Da-da-da-da. Jason Aaron. Yes. Chris, please. Well, that was my nominee, and I'm very pleased he won, only because the amount of books Jason Aaron 
is weaving into gold right now. I, I mean, Thor, Southern Bastards, The Goddamned, Star Wars. I'm probably forgetting something because he's writing that many books. Um, there are a few writers who have the ability, as he does, to touch upon some of the, all these different genres and make them all some of the top books in, 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 the, in the comic book medium today. Whether you're looking for uh, apocalyptic, you know, biblical stuff in the goddamned intrigue and, and, and um, crime in, in, in the Southern Bastards and you know the, f- the football culture of the Deep South. Star Wars speaks for itself. It's, it's, it's Aaron weaving tales of the original Star Warriors in, in the days between uh, episodes uh, four and five. Uh, his, he's been writing Thor now for quite some time, both the, the Odin son Thor and now the Jane Foster Thor, and it's just been seamless, magnificent work on, on that part of the Marvel Universe from day one. Uh, easily. And oh, I forgot Doctor Strange. He's also writing Doctor Strange. Yes, so he is. And what if we turn that character on his head as well? Uh, his, his work is exciting. It's innovative. He breathes new life into characters we're familiar with, and he comes in with, with equally compelling new concepts. Also go back to his, his classic uh, Vertigo series, Scalp, from some years back. He's one of the top scribes in comics in my book without question. All right. So I guess the next category then is Best Artist. That's you. Another somewhat uh, well, it's 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 Chris actually. Oh, it's Chris. Ah, okay. It's well, then I will. Yeah. Okay. So you say it's a, it's a quite filled, uh, quite filled. It's a large category. The, the nominees in this category are Mike Allred, Bilquis Evely, Mikhail Janine. Janin, help me out here. Hanin. Hanin. Thank you. Phil Jimenez, Sean Phillips, and Gabriel Hernandez Walter. And the it is a tie, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my a god! Tie. Between Mike Allred and Sean Phillips. <laughs> All right. We have to have like a Two a, a totally draw-off. different styles, both great. <laughs> well, we're valuing diversity here, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it's the, the only such tie we had, incidentally. It's, it's We usually have like two or three of them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, this year, the, the voting, once again, was spread out very well. And uh, we, we had uh, clear winners in every category but this one. All right. The next category is Best Writer Artist. And this is uh, um, one person who does both, by the way. There were were one or two people during the nominations process who nominated uh, a writer-artist duo uh, in this category. They thought it was best uh, writer-artist partnership when it's actually one person who both writes and draws comics. Okay. And uh, the nominees in uh, that category were this year Jeff Lemire, Terry Moore, Eric Powell, and Matt Wagner. And the winner this year... Rip it open. <laughs> well, I could just say Jeff Lemire. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I knew all along. I didn't even need to look at the uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the Castellar font. Uh, what font? Paper. Bird, we appreciate your flair for the dramatic. <laughs> Thanks for the spin, Chris. <laughs> Jeff Lemire. Yeah, he was the people's choice in the nominations process, and they continue to support him strongly uh, in the voting. So let's see. So the next category then is Best Color Artist. Mm-hmm. It is to you. And the nominees are Laura Allred, Jordi Belair, Matt Wilson, and Jason Wright. And the winner is... <laughs> well, that's how, that's how Carson did it, for God's sake. If he can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordi Belair. Yep, Ms. Belair clobbered the competition Wow, this but year. I mean, she's just like coloring every other book, it seems. She's everywhere. <laughs> she's everywhere. Well, plus she worked on The Vision. I'm sure that alone got her a lot of votes. Mm, so. Good point. 
Uh, yep, she colors so many books, and she colors them all very well. Yes. I think this is one of the categories that I was uh, not did not have a nominee for because I'm not that knowledgeable about the colorist. But uh, I, I know the name, and I know she's on quite a lot of books. Yeah. Well, fortunately, the l- listener's uh, second choice was Laura Allred, who's the colorist on Silver Surfer. So Excellent. I thought it fitting that, yeah, that that's a choice I know you'd approve of. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And uh, she's also the second largest vote getter in this category. All right. All right, then the penultimate category in tonight's awards. He loves using that word, ladies and gentlemen. I sure do. Is best letterer. And Chris will read the uh, winner, but I'll read the nominees. The nominees in this category are Jason Arthur, Joe Caramanga, Caramagna? Manya. Manya. Thank you. Todd Klein, Dave Lamb, Dave Lamphere. Mm-hmm. Okay, my eyesight is failing me here. Terry Moore and Russ Wooten. And the winner is the great living modern master, Terry Moore. Oh, excellent. Yes. <laughs> he was my nominee in this category. And like I mentioned before, between Rachel Rising and Motor Girl, he does his own hand lettering on the pages. Actually, on one of the pages. And again, when he gets a character who is just like either yelling or screaming, you can just, the, the passion just drip from the lettering there. Just, it's just, oh, it's amazing. That's one of the visceral feels I get from reading his books is just, you know, the hand lettering and just when the characters are like arguing or yelling. Man, you actually really can feel all that stuff. So I'm happy he won the award then for Best Letterer. Yep, yep. And, you know, to take nothing away from the other uh, nominees in that category, but as our friend Eric Nolan Wethington pointed out, uh, he's the only person nominated this year who actually does his own hand lettering right there on the artboard. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it was a, a close call this year. It, uh, it was a close competition towards coming into the home stretch. Okay. Yeah, the early voting, uh, Terry Moore built up a lot of support at the beginning, but then Todd Klein came on like a house of fire <laughs> uh, in the latter half of the voting process and very nearly took it away from Terry Moore. But oh, uh, by one vote, Terry Moore is our oh, award wow. winner for 2016. All right. And Pants, Pants, let me let me compliment you there, Oshkosh, because <laughs> your description of his letter, I think, really hit the nail on the head. Uh, and I, you know, I never really thought of it that way before, but you're right. It's so visceral and, and so uh, it so adds to the to the just the feel of the story that you're reading. Uh, well, and I didn't realize he did hand lettering. That's even more impressive. It's, that's a lost art. So, bravo. Yeah. Now, uh, like I said, I do own an original page from Motor Girl with the hand lettering on it, and I, I looked closely, and you can sort of see. Blue lines, like actual lines, like like lined paper. So he, you know, it's actually, you know, straight. And like, so I was, oh, that was kind of cool. And actually, he did have on the page I have one correction. So it was, I, I can look through up to the light and see the actual dogs behind it. So that's oh, that's kind of a cool thing. <laughs> Just you know, little things. I'm, I'm happy I actually got an original page. And it's the little things that make life worth the living. Exactly. And did I mention those books smell fantastic? Oh, mm-hmm. from Abstract Studio. Okay, <laughs> and now we've reached. The final award for this evening. He holds it. You hold it in your hand. I hold it in my hand. The final envelope. Yes, I do. <laughs> it is for the the ultimate category. That's correct. In our uh, 2016's award uh, uh, granting tonight, uh, it is breakthrough talent of 2016. This is for a, a creator oh, who boy. finally. And you know the, the definition's <laughs> a little loose and fluid yeah. as far as what constitutes breaking through. Uh, yeah, we may have to. Well, we'll see how it's going. We may have to have some uh, meeting with our judges for next year. Mm, <laughs> yeah, we, we may need to 
oh! uh, narrow the parameters for eligibility oh, okay. uh, for this category. But uh, yeah, it's uh, someone whom the listeners deem to have uh, really reached a uh, a new peak in his or her uh, career okay. in the course of the past year or there. Mm, true, true. His, her, or their. Right. Because we do have a dual nominee. Uh, and the nominees for Breakthrough Talent of 2016 are, beginning with the they, uh, the sister act of Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, uh, then Jody Hauser, Tom King, Mark Russell, artist on the Flintstones, and David F. Walker. And here it is. You can cut the tension with a knife. The winner is... La La Land. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you had to do that, didn't you? <laughs> Tom King. No, no, no. It's Julie Benson and Shawn Benson. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, there it is. <laughs> the king has been dethroned. Oh, my No hat trick for you, my friend Tom King. <laughs> Julie Benson and Shauna Benson <laughs> are victorious right. with nearly twice as many votes as Tom King got. Oh, today, so. fantastic. <laughs> Just a little something for Julie to tease Tom about next time she sees him. <laughs> well, hang on to that. Give that to me. We see him in C2E2, the whole envelope and everything. All right. And I think I chose a nice font for it. Say so <laughs> what was the font again? Castellar. Castellar? Yeah. It's, uh, it has no lowercase, peculiarly. Okay. But, yep, yeah, just uh, kind of looks uh, classy. Okay. Well, they were originally the, no- the nominees by the listeners. They were my nominee. Uh, again, they've, I-, I mentioned on the show they're um, just so passionate about comics, been longtime readers, and to finally get into comics, I know how excited they both are, and I believe it comes through in their work. And uh, there's just so many nuances in the work that I have to go back and reread again or have someone point out to me online in a oh, review. Right. Like uh, Beatles references, for example? Well, I mean, it took me a while to get that one. I was so embarrassed about that one there. Um, I should have known that right away. But, you know, Star Wars references, pop culture references, but and, and just a, a damn good story and interaction with the characters. It's like, because we mentioned they had big shoes to fill with this mm-hmm. book. They took it on, and I'm so happy they, they won this award here, breaking through. And knocked off Tom King and won it twice in a row. <laughs> he broke through twice. Couldn't break through a third time. <laughs> Ran out of ceilings, I guess. <laughs> but it's fine, Tom. We, you know, you're, you're a good friend of the show, too, and a damn talented writer. So congratulations to all the success that The Vision has had. And we wish you, wish you many future successes as well. Not, Maybe you're you'll, here. you'll win in the best writer category eventually. <laughs> not, not to mention, of course, Batman, Sheriff of Babylon. Mm-hmm. My goodness. The list goes on. It sure does. Omega Men, I think, was even May it continue to grow. Wow. So that was uh, several hoots there. Any, 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 any thoughts on the whole process overall, Murd? I, mean, well, I, I think I've uh, shared my general thoughts already. I'm, I'm very pleased with the response that we got, the number of ballots we got, and the diversity of the voting. You know, it wasn't too lopsided in any category. I don't – well, with the one or two exceptions. Uh, um, but, yeah, yeah. I'm very, thanks very much to everybody who took the time to fill out the ballots and send them in and uh, just to let us know that you're still listening and uh, to tell us what you've been enjoying in comics because, you know, we're, we're always telling you what we like. It's nice for you to get the chance to make suggestions to us from time to time and uh, we will be now seeking out dark knight and uh the flintstones among other things as a result of this whole fun awards giving uh, sequence of events that we go through every year (laughs) and i'm always brother Berto. thanks again for organizing this of course now it was a pure pleasure chris yes you are the the spear when it comes to this effort i'm raising my spear high (laughs) all right so until next year (laughs) 
<laughs> well, kind of keep this up because you're 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 still doing this again, right? You're of course, you're, absolutely. I'm in this for the long haul. You put your tux back in mothballs. Uh, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> uh, I need to see a concert in it in May, but uh, <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that, that's actually how I knew this thing would still fit. I've had it since college. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Uh, so I wore it for uh, the Lebanon County Choral Society's spring concert last year, and decided what the hey. What the hey? I've been threatening to wear this thing for these awards for a couple of years now. And, Chris, I have you to thank uh, for uh, uh, for uh, uh, being available only at 8 o'clock tonight. It gave me enough time after work to be able to change. Ah. <laughs> Happy so, to oblige, sir. Yeah. Was, uh, this tuck's for you. <laughs> unaware of it. <laughs> you look quite dapper, my friend. Quite <laughs> thank dapper. Thank you, sir. Well, we've got a, I got a few minutes left here, so what else could we do? Hmm. I wonder. Oh. oh. What do you mean, Oh. Come on. up for this? <laughs> well, what the heck? I'm actually ah, dressed for uh, yes. part virtuoso tonight. <laughs> okay, once again, it's time for our trivia segment here on the show, Muddle the Murd. Now, in our last Muddle the Murd, you actually were muddled. I was. So we have a new set of prizes this time. And we're, you're, if you happen to Muddle the Murd, you are playing for, first, we have a The Star Wars poster. That has been remarked by Mike Mayhew. I believe that is Ray, a, a, a um, right, yeah, profile yeah. of Ray. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, it's autographed by Mayhew, and yeah, who also provided uh, art for that uh, from the journals of uh, Ben Kenobi uh, story in Star Wars this past year, which I thought was just beautifully done. But also going along with this prize, if you happen to bottle the murder, is a sketch card of the Invisible Woman by Mr. Alan Davis. Oh, this is a good... Oh, wow. So, yes, that is our prize <laughs> package for this segment. Oh, look at there that. We go. For a second, oh. I thought it was just blank. Muddle the murder. All right. So this, this entry comes to us from Jason Keene. He says, Greetings from the Sunshine States. Before I jump into the questions, I just wanted to let you guys know how much I've enjoyed the show over the years, and thank you for continuing to put out a quality podcast that is always that always moves to the top of my playlist when it comes out. I try to be fair, yet tough, hmm. with my questions to Mr. Murdo. That's so, all I can ask, Jason. So good luck, sir. Question one, pre-1970s Marvel. Avengers number 58 from 1968. The Vision... Shows up expressing his desire to join the team. The Avengers present at the time are Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Goliath, Wasp, Hawkeye, and the Black Panther. One of the Avengers takes it upon himself or herself to pick a fight with the Vision to find out more about his powers. While most of the others joined in, I'd like to know who started the fight. You have a one in seven chance. All right. <laughs> My guess is going to be Goliath. Chris. I'm wrong, obviously. <laughs> oh. I haven't read this in a long time. Uh, I'm going to say the Black Panther. Captain America. Hmm. Yeah, really? Black, yeah, the Panther would have been my second guess, Chris. Yeah, well, that, oh, that makes sense. Cap as a strategist and tactician want to get the vision's measure, so... Good question. All right. Question two, 1970 to 2000 independent. Cross-gen. Scion number one from 2000. Good book. The youngest son of the Huron dynasty awakes on his 21st birthday thanks to his older brothers and a bucket of water. While his brothers sported names like Kai and Artor, 
The young prince has a much more common name. What is it? Never read this in my life, so this is going to have to be a guess. This could be quite a yoink if you do a yoink here. Robert. No, no, I'm sorry. Did you read this book you said, Chris? I did, but and it's wonderful, but I don't remember the name of the character. Okay, the name's, character's name is Ethan. Hmm. Okay. That's right. All right. Okay, question three. 2000 onward, D.C. Gotham City Sirens. 2009. Issue 5. A robot that looks like the Joker explodes catching Selena Kyle's house, which is the unofficial HQ of the Sirens, on fire. In what plant-based way does Poison Ivy extinguish the fire? Hmm. Ah, uh, what plant-based? Okay, there's a t- number of different ways this could go. Huh? Uh, hmm. Uh, she dumps the water out of giant pitcher plants that she has on the premises. No, I'm sorry. She grew a barrel cactus houseplant to an enormous size, then sliced it open, drenching the fire. Okay. Um, well, that's true. They do have uh, – yeah, they, they do store quite a bit of water in their cellulose, those, those, those barrel cacti. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, unfortunately, you've been muddled for a second straight time. So I have. Well, uh, this coming uh, weekend is the uh, premiere in the theaters of movie Logan. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I've already bought my ticket now. As I always say on the show, I have more or less pretty much avoided anything to do with this movie. The only thing, few things I know about is Hugh Jackman's in it. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I, I believe someone who may or may not be X-23 is in it. And that it takes... It's basic premise from the old man Logan stories in Marvel. Is that correct? It appears that way based on the trailer. Okay. So without giving too much away because I'm not familiar with the uh, material, but I I believe it's – was it Bendis who wrote the old man Logan story? I thought it was Mark Mark Miller. Miller. Mark Miller. Okay. And is it it essentially like uh, old man Logan based? Is that what it is? I mean as an older man because he's so indestructible? I mean – It's set in the future. That's about all I know about it. Okay. Do you want to give the premise of the comic, Pants? Uh, of the comic, yes, if you would, please, sir. Yeah. So in the comic, it's wonderful. Um, it's far in the future of the Marvel Universe, and almost all the heroes that we know of are dead. Oh, okay. And Wolverine, because of his his um, healing factor, which slows down his uh, mortality, is a much – is old man Logan. As you know, he's much older, but he's still alive, and it's just about how he gets – he's trying to sort of live uh, – a peaceful life, and it gets drawn back into the politics of this sort of post-apocalyptic Marvel universe, where many of the villains and some non-villains uh, hold sway in different sort of fiefdoms. Uh, I remember there's even a map they draw of this new world and how it's divided up into different fiefdoms, controlled by different uh, characters. All I'll say is that it's a fant- it's a classic Wolverine story. I mean, I, I highly okay. recommend it. It's it's okay. obviously available in trade. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll I'll just say two things just to further whet your appetite. Okay. Hawkeye. Oh. And the Spider Mobile. That's all I'll oh. say. <laughs> so all I'll say about that, without spoiling anything, <laughs> pants. Just based on the film trailer, and this is not a spoiler. It's just it looks like they're going to incorporate at least the spirit of the book. Okay. And probably it looks like they're going to fold it, and this is just a guess, fold it into sort of the X universe that the movies have established. Okay, basically. Because I had some time this this past weekend, and I dug out my uh, my Blu-rays, so I watched uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. I watched uh, The Wolverine and uh, X Men Days of Future Past, 
Oh, sort of, great film. So mm-hmm. I watched all those. Now, I, I, I know that I guess the X-Men Origins sort of got a, a bad rap. Um, it, it, it did. Yeah, the treatment of Deadpool was a yeah, big part I, of that. I, after seeing the Deadpool movie, and remember, cause I, I, this, that came out in 2009, the, the Origins movie. And I, I haven't seen it since then, so it's been you know, almost eight years, for goodness sake. And yeah, it was kind of like... Uh, I remember thinking of a pretty flat film myself. Yeah. But, but you know, just want to get back into the spirit, because sometimes I do this, like, okay, I'm getting real jazzed. Again, they're using jazz you know, I, for uh, Logan this, this weekend. And uh, the Wolverine was a, was a was a wonderful movie. I guess. Oh, I like the movie immensely. Yep. Based on the uh, Frank Miller um, uh, miniseries, I believe, with when it goes to Japan. And then, of course, Days of Future Past, where I guess in the actual comics it was more of a, like a Kitty Pride story was more the main focus. Yes, she was the one who was projected back in time to warn the X Men <laughs> right. instead of. But but, but I, I see in the films how it worked with uh, Wolverine, and it was it was a great to see the old cast and the new cast come together. And, you know, Wolverine's sort of rebooting some things, and I guess X-Men 3 is no longer yeah. – <laughs> doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> so that sort of takes me up to present-day cinematic um, Wolverine. So I am looking very much forward to, to Logan to see what, what they do with me that. Too. Well, I think you, Jackman – I was reading an article in The Times about how you know he's preparing to sort of hang up the character, and he's been, he's been playing the character for 17 years. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I, if this is indeed a swan song, you know, you never know, but that's what they're saying. Um, I'm very excited about it because I, I, I think he owns the character in terms of the, the, the cinematic universe from the moment I saw him in, in the original X-Men. When I saw him in the original X-Men movie, stalking around that makeshift uh, boxing ring in that bar in, in Canada – and just the way he was carrying himself, I said, oh, he's got it. He's Wolverine, and he's yet to disappoint me. Even in the, the lousy X-Men films, <laughs> he makes them better. Um, so I'm very, very excited for this film and to see how he takes the character out, basically. Uh, anything else in anyone's mind you want to bring up here? Uh, well, yes, actually. I'd like to I'll do just a quick plug here for my own sake. Um, okay. I'd actually meant to do this in the last episode, but it slipped my mind. Um, our friend Dr. Eamon Clark over in the United Kingdom, has uh, he's been doing his own podcast for a little while now. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, the Mega City Book Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this uh, podcast, uh, Eamon... Uh, discusses, analyzes, and generally waxes nostalgic about uh, various uh, collected editions of the seminal British comics anthology series 2000 AD. Because as we all know, everything comes, comes back, back to 2000, 2000 AD. AD. Yes. <laughs> uh, here's to you, Flint Lockjaw, wherever you are. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So um, I was uh, a guest on uh, on Eamon's podcast recently, and uh, we uh, recorded an episode talking about uh, – Episode 26. Thank you. Um, about uh, DR and Quinch, which is uh, the tale of two – it's the uh, ultra-violent misadventures of two alien juvenile delinquents as they blunder around in outer space. And it's by the dream team of Alan Moore and Alan Davis. Get out! Oh, I will not get out. Such comics exist. <laughs> I mean, they had a great run on Captain Britain, too, which is available in trade, and I would recommend to anybody. Uh, but uh, this, is, uh, this is straight humor comics. Uh, this, uh, it, it's not, not that much material. It was all in just one volume. Um, but uh, we talked about that volume, every D.R. and Quinch story that uh, Allens, Moore, and Davis did together. And uh, if you go to megacitybookclub.blogspot.com, 
www.cbcbook.co.uk. Uh, wow. Or you, just, you knew the top of your head. Yeah. Or just uh, Google <laughs> Mega City Book Club. You know, either one's – Or check out our Twitter figures. I did retweet that when he put that out. All right. Excellent. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, where you can find uh, Eamon and, and I talking about this uh, this uh, British uh, Jim Dandy of a comic, which uh, he gave to me as a Christmas present British years ago. British Jim Dandy of a comic. Why not? You are quite the wordsmith, sir. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> wow. Very cool. I, you know, again, now you say that that it's it's Alan Moore and Alan Davis. It's like, good God, my head was exploding. How did I not know about this? It's like again, I, I live in a box, a small box, and I got to oh, get out and I can hand my collected edition into your box. You if You could like. do that. Wow, I think you should. I think you should. <laughs> it's, it's Burns Book Club <laughs> in Mega City. In Mega City. Uh, Chris, any uh, news for the upcoming uh, free comic book day sale you have uh, lined up? Just that we're, you know, uh, I'll begin to assemble a large amount of new back issues uh, in the months to come for that event in the beginning of May. Uh, people can count on a generous. We haven't established the, the sale parameters yet, but they can certainly count on generous discounts on everything in the store that's comic related. Uh, we're going to have. I'm not sure if it's a raffle or auction. We're going to do something uh, in terms of uh, very generous prizes, artist editions, uh, wall books. Uh, statues. We've got a lot of stuff ready to go uh, for the day. So anybody who's in the area or within driving distance or you just happen to find yourselves in New Jersey during your travels, <laughs> please join us. Again, many members, cast members of the show will be there. Murd's going to be there. Pants mm-hmm. is going to be there. Hopefully um, Shane can make it and who knows who else. Yeah, that'll be Saturday, and, May 6th for free. Come up May 6th. Yeah, Wild, Thank you. Wild Pig Comics. And, and the night before, of course, I'm sure we'll be seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. 2. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there'll be more information on that uh, certainly in the next, within the next couple months. But I, I strongly encourage any listener can uh, get over there because, A, we love to meet listeners. And, B, again, Wild Pig is a store where the comic book is cel- – especially the back issue comic is celebrated. So yes. you're going to find a fine selection. I mean we have 30,000 back issues. Most of them are 50 cents. We've brought back our wall. We have wall books now again. We'll have more by the, t- the time of the sale. And our sticker comics are always priced below guide, and then they'll be discounted on top of that. So please join us. Yeah, I, I saw your wall books have been growing. You just recently sold, I guess it was Cap 109, the origin of Captain America, yep. I saw. Just picked that up uh, beginning of this month, and we sold it uh, this past weekend. Uh, I, I really missed wall books. I, I'm glad I brought them back. Uh, you know, we're... We're making some adjustments and changes to the store, which I'll probably talk about in a future previews or comic talk episode. The emphasis on back issues is going to be stronger than ever in my shop. I love it. Besides loving them, like unlike a lot of other items, they actually have a good profit margin. So, <laughs> yeah, more more news on that to come. Very good. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up, gentlemen? Before I the echo makes me go crazy in my head. <laughs> I think we shot our bolts there, uh, Chino. <laughs> Do you have a list by your desk of all these pants references? Do you or are you just top of your head thinking of these things? <laughs> honey pie, they just pop into my head. Uh, honey pie. In lifetime of reading, I just know all these wonderful synonyms for the word pants. <laughs> or at least, you know, brands of pants, as Chino's, I believe, is a brand. I can call you slacks. I've used that one before. Yeah, yeah. Riches. Yeah, just save them up. <laughs> yeah, Make yeah. them last. Yeah. 
No, okay, I think we can turn off the lights and head to the after party. Oh, oh it's an after party. <laughs> yes, it's called Going Home. Oh, is that what no, it's called? Going Home and editing the episode yeah, together, cutting all, right. all the echoing, probably. And I've got research to do for an upcoming Spotlight episode. Oh, oh yes. He dropped that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wake up. Oh, that's right. I have to... <laughs> it's your job. I'm saying. I'm ah! saying tonight. Oh no! <laughs> uh, right, just a minute. Yeah, uh, I don't know if this is going to be edited out or not, but no, we'll uh, keep it. In. It's all fun. Okay. Du, 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 du. I need to get to the all right. If you'd like to send us an email, our address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, the number to call is 267-702-6642. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Comic Geek Speak. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, we encourage everyone to visit our, webs- our, our uh, forum website at thecomicforums.vanillaforums.com where you can leave feedback for this and many other episodes of our podcast and also participate in comics-related discussions with other CGS listeners and anyone else who happens to blunder in from the Internet. <laughs> Um, we'd like to thank everyone who uh, donates to the show recently or in the distant past. Really appreciate it. Couldn't continue to, to do the show without you. We also thank everyone who submitted your nominations and or votes for the Best of 2016 Awards. You helped to make this awards season great. And as always, we are, help, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes one listener at a time.